Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the Gospel Record of Mark. The Gospel Record of Mark and chapter number 4. The Gospel Record of Mark and chapter number 4. We are continuing with our series of the Gospel Record of Mark, and we are enjoying walking through the life of Jesus Christ. Now remember that the Gospel Record of Mark is the gospel of continual action, that it is watching Jesus move from thing to thing to thing, from action to action to action, to scenario to scenario to scenario, and we can see that Jesus is always at work. We can see how he interacts, and remember that it's written to the Roman mind who respected action more than words. They wanted to see this man in action. That's how it was proved to them that Jesus was God by what he did through his miracles. And so if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the word of God and turn with me to the gospel record of Mark. The gospel record of Mark in chapter number four. The gospel record of Mark chapter four and pick it up with me if you don't mind starting at verse number 35. The Gospel record of Mark, chapter number 4, and in verse 35, notice with me (coughs) in verse number 35. And the same day when even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships." And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him, and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose, and rebuked the sea, and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark something different? Probably something you wouldn't normally associate with this biblical account. But notice with me in verse number 36, and notice at the end of it where it says, Other little ships. Other little ships. And with the Lord's help, I want to preach a message dealing with this event here, and I want to title it, Other Little Ships. If you don't mind, let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for you being a wonderful God. And I thank you so much that we can trust you and that we can depend upon you. I'm thankful for these historical accounts that you record in your word, that we could believe them and that we know that we're true and that you record them so we could learn from them and learn more about whom you are. 
I'm asking that you would help us not only to see you, but also understand the lesson that is being taught here and the emphasis that is being placed so that you could use us in our world today to point others to you. I'm thankful that there's safety, that you are the Christ that hides us in the cleft of the rock. You are our anchor and it holds. Thank you that we could trust you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we begin this account, the first thing I want to point out to you from the gospel record of Mark chapter 4 is a great storm. A great storm. So Jesus gets through dealing with uh, telling other different parables. And as he finishes telling these parables, uh, he decides that he's going to take his disciples and they're going to the other side of the sea. So they're at the Sea of Galilee. And so they have a ship and they're going to sail from one shore of the Sea of Galilee to another shore. So notice again, if you don't mind, in verse number 35. And the same day when the even was come, so we could see what time it is. It's night. It, the sun is now set. It's at nighttime. So that's going to set our scene just a little bit more. And the same day when the even was come, he, that's Jesus, saith unto them, the disciples, let us pass over to the other side. So we could see what Jesus said. We're going to the other side. Let us go together to the other side. And when they, that's Jesus' disciples, had sent away the multitude. Remember, all this group of people had been there. And Jesus had been preaching to them, giving them parables, explaining to them, doing many things of teaching. Hey, they sent him away and said, all right, Jesus is going to go on a ship ride. We're going to go with him. Not everyone's going to fit on the boat. Only those who could fit on the boat. Sorry, guys. You got to find your own way. And they send everyone away. And they took him, Jesus, even as he was in the ship. So Jesus was already in the ship. They hop in the boat with him. They start going. And then there were also with him other little ships. Now notice in verse 37. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. So as they're sailing across the Sea of Galilee, all of a sudden it begins to rain. And the rain begins to fall. And next thing you know, the winds begin to howl and begin to move. The waves begin to list the ship over and over and now the waves are coming into the ship and they're pouring into the ship. The storm has come. And with this we can understand there's a couple principles that we're going to learn here. First of all, that just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you're exempt from problems. The rain falls upon the just and the unjust alike. The storms come. Because you're a Christian doesn't mean you have the absence of storms. But there is one thing that we have in the storm. We have Jesus. We have Jesus. Now, Jesus told them that they were going to the other side. When Jesus says something is going to happen, it's going to happen. We could trust him. But in the midst of the storm, the disciples begin to doubt. So the storm's starting to come. Now these are professional fishermen. These people have been familiar with the Sea of Galilee. They have sailed it many times. They've seen how the storms appear. Things have happened. But this is a bad storm. Anytime water starts going onto a boat, that's a bad storm. Water is not supposed to be on top of the boat. The boat's supposed to be on top of the water. 
And so the storm is coming. It's howling. The disciples, you can imagine them just drenched to the bone. And they're working on there. Maybe they're putting down the sails. Maybe they've got the, the oars and they're trying to do their best. Maybe they're bailing water. But all of a sudden, the storm is getting bad. And, and they're panicking. And by the way, there are some storms that come that overwhelm us. There are storms that are greater than us. Storms that come that we don't know how to handle. Notice, if you don't mind, in verse number 37. And there arose a great storm, and the waves beat into the ship. And so now it was full. And the disciples start to panic. They start to, to, to wonder what's going to happen. The storm is hit, and it's beyond their ability to control. But there's one thing that they have on the ship. And that's the second thing I want to show you. Not only a great storm, but a caring master. A caring master. Notice with me as they wake Jesus up in verse 38. And he, that's Jesus, was in the hindermost part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. Now, Jesus wasn't worried whatsoever. He wasn't panicking. He wasn't wringing his hands. Jesus, in his flesh, wrapped, clothed in flesh, he's in human body, is sleeping. He's fine. The storm seems out of control to the people. But to God, it's all fine. He's not panicking. Aren't you glad that we have a God that doesn't panic? Can you imagine what it would be to serve a panicking God? To see Jesus who's white knuckling it on the side of the ship. Oh no! Oh no! I'm glad I serve a God who's not panicking. I mean, some of us are panicky people. There are some that are more panicky than others. But the idea that something hits and then we respond to it. Oh no! Why God? Why? But God doesn't panic. God doesn't wring his hands. He doesn't rub his forehead. Even though I'm pretty sure that some of us cause him to do that. But the situation doesn't cause him to do that. Jesus doesn't pace he doesn't walk the throne room of grace trying to figure out what's going to happen. Everything's all right in my father's house. Everything is all right. And so when the storm is happening and the people think they're going to die, Jesus is sleeping, not panicking. He is fine. Notice they have to wake him up. It says in verse 38, And he was in the innermost part of the ship asleep on a pillow, and they awake him, saying unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Now, in my mind's eye, I like to picture things. So can you imagine the storm is raging? Peter and James and John, the expert fishermen and Andrew are out there. They're holding the sails or they're doing the oars. They're doing the things that they need to. And you can almost see Peter say, Hey, Nathaniel! Go wake him up. Come on. Don't, don't argue with me. Go wake him up. And can you imagine? I don't want to go wake him up. But finally panic comes in. And you can imagine the panic in their voice. Master. Master. We're going to die. Have you ever gone to Jesus in prayer? I'm going to die. This is too much for me. I don't know what's going to happen. God. Have you ever gone to him thinking all's over? My life is over. How am I going to survive this? How can I get past this? How am I going to go through this? But again, Jesus is not panicking. We may be panicking. 
They wake up Jesus because they think they're going to die. But notice this. Master, carest thou not that we perish? Notice the accusation here. Jesus, you see all the things that are happening to me and it doesn't even seem like you care. Don't you understand? This is important to me. Don't you understand? I'm losing everything. Don't you care? Have you ever tried to convince Jesus to care for what you care about? Jesus already does care. Let me remind you of that. Jesus cares and knows more than you. He's just not panicking. You may think the whole world is over. You don't understand. I put my whole life in this person. I put my whole life in this thing. I put my whole life in this situation. And it's gone. It's all over. I cannot go past this. I can't survive this. And you don't even care. You say, I don't talk like that. Well, (laughs) pray for me. I think most of us, if we're honest, have got to the place where we trying to say, God, don't you care about my situation? Don't you care that everything's falling apart? Yes, he cares. I know he cares. He does care. He does know what he's doing. Notice in verse number 38 or 39. And he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. You know, Jesus just spoke, and the storm didn't subside over several hours or several minutes. Just like that, the seas are calm. Just like that, the rain stops. Just at the rebuke of his voice. Stop! Jesus was in charge The whole time. There was never a time in this situation that things were so out of hand that Jesus was not in control. He was in control the whole time. The same thing's true about your situation. There's never a situation where Jesus is not in control. Jesus cannot lose something. It cannot grow past his control. It's not the idea that, oops, I dropped the vial. Now look, this virus is spread out. Uh, What am I going to do? He knows what he's doing. He's in control. It's never the idea that he took out too much of a loan and now it's too much for him to pay. He's always in control. Well, I just let him get a little bit sick, but it just went too far behind me. Now it's more sick than what I planned on him. God knows what he's doing. He's in control. It's never been outside of his control. We may not be able to control a situation, but Jesus is bigger than any situation you can ever face. That's why we have to look past the circumstances and look at the God of the circumstances. And that's exactly what he's teaching them. Notice with me, if you don't mind, in verse number 40. And he, that's Jesus, said unto them, Why are you so fearful? Why are you so fearful? fearful. How is it that you have, notice this, no faith? How is it that you have no faith? He didn't say a little faith. How come you only have a little faith? How come it's only a medium-sized faith? He said, how come you have no faith? How can you say that? Because you are either trusting God 
or you are not. It's not the idea of how much faith you have. It's the object of your faith. Do you trust Jesus or do you not? Well, I trust Jesus, but... That but carries the idea that Jesus doesn't have a part in this. That G there's some element of this that Jesus is not controlling. Either Jesus can control it or he cannot. Your situation, it may be bigger than you, but it is not bigger than Jesus. How is it that you have no faith? You see, faith in Christ is always simple. You either have faith in him or you do not. We make things complicated. And you can tell it's complicated because we use the word but. Yes, I trust God, but whatever objection you have shows that you're not trusting in Christ. It's just that simple. You're either trusting in him or you're not. How is it that you have no faith? Is God in control? Yes. Does he know what he's doing? Yes. Does he care for you? Yes. Does he want the best for you? Yes. Can you trust him? Can you trust him? Now notice in verse 41. And they feared exceedingly. Now it wasn't just fear, it was exceeding fear. And notice that the object of their fear has changed. Before they were afraid of the storm, and that was a great fear. But now they feared Christ. And they feared him exceedingly. Why? And said one to another, what manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Why are they more afraid? Because Jesus had everything well in hand the same time, and they didn't trust him. They realized how big God was in the first place. And they feared him more than the storm. They faithed him more than the storm. They look at him and say, God, I should have trusted you when I let you down. I don't know why. And isn't that always true? That after we go through a storm and we look back and say, you know what? God had everything well in hand. Why did I panic? Why did I freak out? Why, why did I throw my hair out? Why did I just cry and so upset thinking everything was the world? Why did I waste the time worrying and fretting? And we look at it and say, I should have trusted him. I could have trusted him. I needed to trust him. He was trustworthy. He is bigger than anything you will ever face. That's why we have to look past the circumstances and see the God of the circumstances. God is bigger than anything. Those problems that we see may seem so huge to us, but they're so small in God's sight. They're nothing. He is well in hand. But there's one more element that I want to show you. We start with a great storm, and this was a huge storm. It, it was where they were afraid. But then they saw a caring God who had everything well in hand. And what they saw was Jesus had everything well in hand. And they exceedingly feared him because he had the power to just say, peace, be still. And everything was at peace. But there's something else to this story that this gospel record lists that the other ones do not put emphasis on. And that's the idea of the other little ships. Notice with me in verse 36. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him that was even as he was in the ship. And there was also others with him, or 
also with him other little ships. So here the disciples take Jesus and they go out to the sea and the storm happens. But there were other little ships that were going through the same storm. But you know what happened with them is that they did not have Jesus with them. They did not have the comfort the disciples had available to them. You know what the disciples had the privilege of doing? They had the privilege of approaching Christ and saying, Christ, we need help. Those other little ships did not have that comfort. They could not. They had no clue how to respond. They were helpless and they were under the st- just the same storm. They had the same problems. And we learn a couple lessons here. One thing that we do realize is that sometimes we get so self-absorbed in our storms, our situations, our problems, that we forget that there's others with horrible storms who have no hope. We have a hope. Our hope is Jesus. But there are some people that are going through the same things we are. If we can make it specific to us right now, we have a hope of Jesus Christ in the midst of this storm. But there are others who are going through the same thing. This virus, this thing that is going around with us here, the situations that are going on, we are not the only ones going through it. But yet we get so self-absorbed that we fail to think that there's others that don't have the hope. We can go to Christ and say, Jesus, give me peace. Jesus, I need your help. God, you care for me. Take care of me. There are others that are going through here that have no hope. And we should not be respond when they're responding with no hope. If the disciples who are experienced fishermen, who have Jesus in the boat with them, who said, we're going to the other side, they're panicking, and they're bailing water, and they're trying to get someone to wake up Jesus. What about these other people that don't know what's going on? They think their ships are going to sink, and they're regretting following, they're they're regretting this. They're, They're wondering what's going on. And so if you don't mind, I want to take the rest of this message and I want to point out some lessons that we learn from here to apply to our lives even here and now. The first thing I want to remind you is that you are not the only ship in the stormy sea. You are not the only ship on the stormy sea. Now is a time where we need to be looking out for others. Looking out for others that do not have Christ in their midst. They don't have Christ to go to. They are going without hope and they look like they're going to sink and they don't know what's going to happen. We need to be looking out for those other little ships. Now is a time where we need to approach them. Now is a time where it's going to be easy for them to say, Oh, I'll trust Christ. He has the ability to calm the seas. He has everything well in hand. Now is the time for us to introduce to them that there is a God who has the ability to calm the seas. There, you are not the only ship out in the stormy seas. A second thing that we need to do is realize is that the storms are there to help you grow and help others. The storms are there to help you grow. What do I mean by that? Notice again verse 40 and 41. And he, that's Jesus, said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now why did Jesus say that in verse 40? Is he mad at them? 
No, he's using this as a teaching opportunity. You want to know the reason why you failed this? Because you had no faith. And they said, we messed up. And they realized more about who God was. As they went through the storm, they came through the storm knowing God more. They went through the storm being able to say, I can trust him. I may not have trusted him when I was supposed to, but I know that I can trust him. Those storms are there to help us. We cover the principle of the treasures of darkness. The principle of treasures of darkness is this, that the worst things that happen to us can turn to be the greatest things that happen to us if it draws us closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. Think about the disciples after this. Do you think they didn't repeat this story? We know that the gospel record of Mark, uh, that John Mark was not one of the disciples. Where did he get this information? Well, we understand it came from Peter who was on there. Peter sat down and talked to John Mark and said, Mark, let me tell you there was a time where I failed. (laughs) I got plenty of times, John Mark, but let me tell you one time where we all failed. There was a big storm that happened. And we all thought we were going to die. And we went and Jesus was sleeping and we woke him up. And we were panicking and said, don't you care for us? Jesus, don't you care for us? He says, Mark, that was stupid. We shouldn't have done that. But you know what Jesus taught us that day? Is that we could faith in him. We could trust in him. That happened. There was a time that Peter told that story to John Mark. They were able to relate to others and said, Hey, let me tell you, you can trust in God. I know that by experience. I thought everything was going to be over. But Jesus said, Peace be still. Jesus helped me through this. And I can trust in him. I can believe in him. We can tell others about this and realize that Jesus allowed this storm to happen on purpose. Do you not think that storm came by accident? Jesus allowed the storm to come for a purpose so that they could realize who Jesus was. So we start off by realizing we're not the only ship that's out there in the stormy seas. We realize that the storms are there to help us to grow, not to hurt us. Then we also realize that you don't always know why the storm stops. Now, the disciples, they knew because Jesus went and said, peace, be still. But think about those other little ships. Those other little ships did not hear Jesus say, peace, be still. All they knew is that the storms are raging. They think they're going to die and all of a sudden it all stops. They did not have all the information. They did not know why the storm stops. Sometimes you don't know. You don't always know what's going on or why. You don't have enough information. You don't realize what Jesus is doing. It could be that something happened in your life because someone prayed for you. Maybe there was something that was cleared up in your life because someone prayed for you. Maybe there was a desire that changed in your heart because someone prayed for you. Maybe there was something that you were spared from that you didn't even know was coming because someone prayed for you. Think about that. That God knows what he's doing. And you don't always know why the storm stops. We don't have enough information. But God knows what he's doing. Let me give you another thing that we learn here. Your anchor will hold in the storm. Your anchor will hold in the storm. Now, who's our anchor? That's Jesus Christ. 
our anchor holds. That your storm is going and it's raging. You need to cling to Jesus Christ. And if you're clinging to Jesus Christ, you won't drown. When you cling to Jesus Christ, you know that you're going to the other side. When he says you're going to the other side, you're going to the other side. It doesn't matter what storms happen. If you're going to the, Jesus said you're going to the other side, you're going to the other side. You can hold on to him. No matter what tries to blow you off course. No matter what inconveniences hit your way. No matter what things may shock you. Your anchor will hold. Jesus never fails. He never changes. He's always dependable. You can trust in him trust in him. Now again, what I want to point out to you and remember is that you're not the only one out there. There are other little ships. And whereas we right now have comfort and peace that comes from trusting in Jesus, there are others that do not. They need to know this anchor. They need to know who Jesus is. Now is a time for us to be able to go to them and tell them who Jesus is. Think about those other little ships. When the storm passed. And they get to the other side in the morning. The disciples go up to them and said. Hey you know that storm last night? Oh yeah who? I was there. You want to know why that storm passed? Because Jesus said peace be still. Do you think some people were ready to listen. About who Jesus was. After experiencing that? Yes. You know there are some people that will listen about Jesus right now because of the storm raging and to see that God is able to calm the stormy seas in our life. Now's a time where those other people on those other little ships can, will be ready to listen because they can experience it themselves. Why aren't you panicking like we are? Don't you understand you're going to die? No. My trust is in Jesus Christ. I don't have to panic. I don't have to worry. I don't have to fret. Let me tell you why. There are many people who are drowning in the storm right now. Many people who do not feel like they're going to make it. They need to know that Jesus Christ is available for them. Think about not just your storms at this time. But think about those other little ships who do not have Jesus with them. And they don't have the comfort. They don't know what's going on. But Jesus wants them to know whom he is. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus. And I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you could give us a call at area code 920 Five three zero six three oh eight. Once again, that number is nine two zero five three zero six three oh eight. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.